Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Body and the Beast podcast. Coming straight into your ears for the next few hours are your awesome hosts, Dan Meredith and Jamie Alderton. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of The Body and the Beast. I am your body, Jamie Alderton. And I am your hopefully sounding not like a bag of bollocks beast, Dan Meredith, because I have had the joys, the joys of this fucking cold that is apparently everyone on the planet seems to have got lately. So hopefully I'm coming across relatively well and not too like like a nasal cretin. I was going to say, Dan, how are you? Like I normally do, but you've already revealed that, and I'm I'm feeling quite good actually. I'm not feeling too bad. Feeling quite chipper. Feeling quite active, and uh, feeling quite good. Not to rub it in much, but it's all right. It's, you uh, can rub it in. It's literally. I'm very rarely ill. I do think the uh, the stock price of Lemsip has probably gone up over the last few days, and I I did. I, I kind of did probably take the dosage as more like a recommended guideline. So I'm glad I'm still here. Not a challenge. Not a challenge. How many lem sips can I do in a day? But yeah, so hopefully you are enjoying uh, an audio which isn't too painful. So there's nothing worse on a podcast with shitty audio. So hopefully I'm coming across quite well. But yes, on the back end of it now, feeling perky, just waiting for my lungs to catch up. And... Obviously, we're not talking about your lungs catching up, but it is based on kind of where you got this from. And it was traveling quite a lot over the last week or so through four different hotels. And of course, you know, a lot of people, I, I don't know about you, Dan, but I, f- I fucking hate spending nights in hotels. Can no I just how say, posh you it just is. made me sound, yeah. we will add what I was doing, because that just, just make me sound like an absolutely massive whorebag. Um, these were <laughs> these were hotel trips for business. So I had um, a one-to-one day with an amazing client of mine, just an unbelievably driven um, young man who's built something phenomenal. Um, we had two days together. Um, I, I have the privilege of, of mentoring and coaching him, but he himself is quite a tonic um, because he's like in that growth period and it's always really good fun to spend time, you know, with people who are on that kind of hockey stick ascent, um, just like a nice to be around that sort of energy. Then I spent a couple of days, um, so I was up north and came down south to the city and, you know, had a couple of days in a mastermind, um, you know, with peers, you know, with mutual friends, actually getting to spend time with others and then you know even just a few weeks ago um also t- it took me a few days to recover from that i actually held my own mastermind where i brought you know my own clients together to work with me and and me and jay were were talking before the podcast and we thought today's episode would be really good to talk about the you know the power of actually you know we love online, so we're never going to, you know, trash online. You know, it's a great, great world, and we have great businesses on the back of it. But you also do need to mix that in with real world interaction with human beings. So, you know, you know, as well as putting on our own events and masterminds, we go to them. We're big believers in it. It's like, you know, I coach people, but I also have coaches. You know, I believe in my product, but I also have the coaching myself as well. We're really just going to talk today about how important it is to spend time with people who are on the same journey as you, people who are further ahead than you, you know, people who, who, who kind of get you. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, the thing that instantly sprung to mind was home workouts versus gym workouts. Let me explain it a little bit and, and I'll feed it in how, you know, masterminds fall into that. When the pandemic hit, 
no one could go to the gym. Everyone had to do home workouts. And of course, as with anything, you know, if you can't get to a gym, home workouts are fantastic. You can get into great shape. The problem that happens with home workouts is you're at home and you have all the home distractions to not do the thing that you want to do. And of course, that's why I struggle with home workouts unless they're like organized and I'm taking them because life gets in the way, distractions are there in your home. And I like to separate the two places. Gym workouts, when you're there, you tend to train a lot harder. You tend to put the effort in because you've made a commitment to getting there and getting the most out of the session. Now, what's that got to do with masterminds? I've been running Zoom masterminds for years and I have got some amazing value out of attending masterminds online, you know, just a meeting of mine, sharing ideas and, and, and teaching people. I run them, you run them, and they are super, super beneficial and they allow us to connect to people all over the world. But very much like gym workouts, when you actually make a commitment to go to a place with a group of people to pretty much do the same, things change. And the things that massively change with a mastermind isn't just spending in a, you know, an entire day in a room with people. It's all the little conversations that you have in the, in the lunch breaks and the coffee breaks and the people on your table and yeah. the connections that you make there. Because when you're on a Zoom, you don't tend to speak to other people. You tend to serve yourself. And everything is always better when done as a community and a group. And of course, there are things like Zoom where you have kind of breakout rooms and that does serve some purpose, but just nothing compares to getting everybody in a room for a day to meet and figure shit out. It's just so mm. transformative for so many people, and which is why, you know, you run in-person events. I love in-person events. You've got one coming up. Uh, in April, I've got one coming up at the end of March and I'm, I, you know, I'm super excited about them because yeah. once again, a lot of our stuff is online. So it's nice to have some in-person stuff too. And the thing is as well, like they both serve their purpose. Like I'm a big fan of, of both, you know, online is awesome. Online gives you access to be able to do these things realistically, sat in your fucking pants and whatever fucking relaxing clothing you want to do. You can still learn, you can still grow, you can still get stuff done. But I think that the balance of the two, so if you can have some online, you know, I'd probably say the weight of your time online, spending time with others, because it's just convenient, it's simple, it keeps you going. But interspersed with actually getting out from behind the screen, from behind your phone, from behind your desk and spending time with others. You know, the room that I was in last week, here's the thing, and I, and I really hope this doesn't come across as like arrogant, but often when me and Jamie go to places, we're often kind of like fairly well-known and we're the sort of people that people want to chat to, especially if it's our own events. And it's lovely to be a part of something. Half the room didn't know who the fuck I was. And there are people who were way more successful than maybe equal people who are like on the, on the, on the journey up. And it was lovely to just be around people who were just committed to growth and wanted to do something. Now, you might be thinking, you know, maybe you're not an entrepreneur, you don't have a business, and you're listening to the decision and think, well, this isn't maybe that relevant for me. But there's still um, a counter to that argument, which is there are things in your life that you'll want to learn or that you'll want to understand more or get more fascinated. For example, I am, excuse me, a huge fan of 
mushrooms i think you know from the medicinal purposes and stuff and i actually went to a seed talk talking about the benefits of medicinal mushrooms and obviously some of the other types of mushrooms you can get as well and how it can affect your brain and your body and stuff and i ended up making some really cool friends there because all a total different section cross section of people there were you know i spoke to a couple of people who are really successful business folks some normal people some students some you know there's a couple of mums there who are looking for stuff for their kids and we just connected over a shared bond which in this case we wanted to learn about the medicinal properties of mushrooms you'll see a lot of them now i'm a big fan of them from a a nootropic and a health point of view there are other people there for their mindset all sorts of things so even if you're not in you know the businessy space there are places where people like you meet up and you should try and go to those places and meet up with those people because you never know what conversations you're going to have who you're going to talk to what it's going to be Case in point, I, you know, used to race motorbikes. Um, I used to go to track days and I'd always get the the ones with an instructor because I want to learn how to do it. I'm not, you know, naturally, you know, good at leaning over and stuff. So I'd have someone come with me just to teach me a few little extra skills and stuff because they, they don't teach you how to get your knee down and do a corner at 100 miles an hour when you're doing your bike test. They, they, they generally frown upon it. But just by being in that room with people, so all of us had that connection of being bikers. We like racing bikes, yeah? But just the nature that everyone in that room had their own business, they were doing their own thing. I made some really good connections just off the back of of being there. So as much as you can connect with people really quickly and really efficiently online, you can learn a lot and you can connect on such a deeper level when you're just in the fucking room. Yeah, 100%. And it doesn't matter what it is that you want to learn, whether it's business, whether it's fitness, whether it's anything. One of the biggest problems that we have in our day-to-day lives is that we struggle to find like-minded people who want the Mm -hmm. same things. This is where, you know, as we've spoken before, the power of community, but also power of attending these things. Because once again, you make friends who are interested in the same things as you, because you've both made the commitment and the investment to turn up. And that's a that says a lot a lot uh, about that individual and if you're looking for like-minded individuals who want to take action to improve their life in something they're going to be in that room and that's the biggest game change that i've found with any kind of masterminds and i've got in and out of the habit of doing them from time to time because very much like other people you kind of say to yourself i'm a bit too busy at the moment Mm -hmm. to do it and what's funny is that if you actually did these things and allocated time, you would probably be less busy. And what I mean by that is that most of the things which, of course, I'm I'm learning is how to be a lot more strategic with my time, how to plan and scale things, you know, if I'm going to mastermind for business. But also at the same time, sometimes you're really, really busy because you haven't figured something out yet that could be figured out if you were in that room. So anything that you're looking to do, once again, when you're first learning to do something, it takes a lot more time than it does when you've learned from other people and, and figured stuff out. So, you know, I wanted to keep this as broad as possible, but turning up and going into these rooms and allocating those days are uh, essential. And I, one thing I also, Dan, and I know that you like to do this too, when I, whenever I, because most of my masterminds and events that I go to are in London. So it's not mm-hmm. just that time in the room. It's it's time out of the office. It's the 
it's the two hours on the train that I managed to finally listen to that podcast that I've been meaning to listen to or read that book. Yeah, mate, I had exactly the same thing. I've had this book and I gave it to you um, when we met up last week um, that I had bought what is called the art of focus and the irony is not lost on me at all, but I've just wanted to sit down and read. And every time I sat down, my phone would go and I'm good. I'm really good with like cutting off, you know, notifications and distractions, but you know, that's some things my little sister had to sort out and help out at home. And I was just being pulled pillar to post. And I remember I had the, one of the most exciting things I had about last week was the fact that I had four, two plus hour long train journeys that I had to do. And it was fucking bliss because it was my week off. I wasn't expected anywhere. I had no content to create. I had nothing to write. I had nothing to do. And it was joyous. Plus, you always have, for me, whenever I'm in a hotel, I've just got to order the burger. That's I, I literally had a burger every night for four nights and I was over the moon. Super happy. Literally, burger and broccoli every night. Super happy. Happy, happy Dan. But my weird little hotel snacking obsession aside, taking time out of your environment and changing it and spending it around, you know, A, time for yourself to do what you need to do and B, around other people. It's just, it's, you can't explain it until you've done it. And what you find is if you are willing to put yourself in the room, so sometimes you're going to have to pay. Okay. So, you know, you got to pay to join a mastermind, pay to join a group, pay to join, you know, something that someone's curated. And if someone's done their job well and they've curated that group, right. You end up meeting some amazing people. I ended up sitting next to a guy last week who was very, very interesting. I know you know him as well. Um, you know, this person was doing, you know, maybe six figures, uh, you know, and grinding it out and in debt and doing all sorts and is now doing 650, 700,000 pounds a month with a massive business. And he's done that in a matter of years. And I remember just sitting next to him going, that's amazing. And I, and I listened to his talk and I just had a comment. I had no desire to get anything from him. It was a great talk. I learned a lot from him and we just happened to be sat next to each other. And I said, mate, look at the amount of notes I took. I said, that was a brilliant talk, really engaging, really, really awesome. I said, just thank you for sharing that. And he said, well, can I offer you any help at all? And I was like, I don't know. And he said, well, look, here's my details. Drop me a message. We'll have a chat Saturday morning sometime. So now I've got someone who's a, a higher level than me who's happily to give me their time freely, much as I do to other people at the same thing. But I think when you're not used to getting it, like if you don't put yourself in the position to, I was like, oh, fuck, this person has no agenda. They're not trying to sell me anything. They just want to help me out. You know, they pay to be in the room just as much as I had been as well. So sometimes you do have to kind of invest in yourself to put yourself around other people, especially if you're the person that is wanting to better themselves, wanting to do better, you know. I set up my mastermind, so I kind of haven't really spoken about this. And this is not like a, a pitch on the podcast or anything, but I came up with a model that was between my private clients and what I have in my group coaching. And it was it was a it was literally in between the two. Okay. And I remember sending a message to everyone who I work with at that level. I said, Would you like it if I put together a meetup? We can meet up once per quarter and turn it into a mastermind, okay? That was one of the best days I have had in ages. And we actually all went axe throwing afterwards. We did a whole day together. So we're now going to meet up every quarter. We're going to do some get shit done days. We're all going to pull in and we're going to hire a room in London and just work together for a day. There's about 20 of us in the mastermind now so that, that I curate. And honestly, bringing people together who are of the same 
drive, same passion, same desire to get ahead. And also for me, fun has to be a part of it. So I made sure the end of the day was fun. And you know what the best thing was as well about doing this? And it's I think you do this as well because we've both been bringing people together for a long time. Is one of the Axtroid um, instructors said, how long have you all been friends for? You're a really fun group. And it's like they all just met today. And if you go to the right events, if you go to the right masterminds, if you go to the right meetups, you make bonds that will just stay with you for a lifetime. There are people I went to a mastermind back in 2015 who I'm still friends with, still chat to, still hang out with. We've done business together. But you do have to put yourself out there and go and connect with these people. It's much like, you know, if, you, if you're single and you're like, if, I, you know, if you just sat at home waiting for Mr. or Mrs. Wright to just turn up. I mean, it might happen. You might get a wrong delivery or a wrong number. I mean, it could happen, but you do kind of have to put yourself out there and kind of, you know, interact with people and connect with people or shit isn't going to happen. Yeah. And I think we said this before about getting in the right room with any kind of relationships, because, you know, if you think you're going to find your partner in a, in a pub, there is a strong possibility that you will find somebody, but it might not be the right person for you, especially if you found your last few partners there. Um, so, think about the kind of rooms that you want to be in to mm. connect with those people, not just from a, you know, from an intimate relationship, but from a business, uh, a lifestyle relationship. You know, we speak about this all the time of, um, you are the average of the five people we spend most time with environment dictates performance. You know, when you are around a certain group of people who do certain things in a certain way, you tend to do it that way too. Mm -hmm. So if you think about where it is that you want to be with your, fitness goals with your business goals with your mindset goals they become a hell of a lot easier when you're spending time in the room with like-minded people who want the same things and it's all about finding those rooms and guess what it's a case of going and looking putting some skin in the game and showing up and then it's not just the showing up it's introducing yourself it's talking and mm -hmm. it's something that i like to do in my events and I, I i did a massive change in events i mean years ago i used to do them very much face the front style so look at me look at the what it is that i'm teaching and no interaction whatsoever and kind of the last three years yeah three or four years i've just done uh round table so everybody mm -hmm. has to look at each other Everybody has to chat to each other. And the difference that that has made has been exponential because you're kind of forcing people to do things that, that you know they typically don't want to do. But yeah. as soon as that ice is broken, as soon as they have those conversations, as soon as they introduce themselves and what they do, they find a lot in common. So, Well, that's brilliant. Well, I did something similar in mine. So what I did, so yeah, always round tables now. So you have to, but then I also, and I do, I did this at lunchtime and at the break. So we had, you know, in my mastermind that we did just recently, I numbered everyone. So I would make people, so everyone would sit, you make your table friends, you get all comfy and that sort of thing, right? And then as soon as the first break comes, they've had two hours sat together, I literally moved everyone around. Then we had lunch, then I moved everyone around again. So everyone sat on a table with everyone. So instead of just having little pockets of people who become friends, because there are some people who are like me and you, quite extra, me and you, Jay, we're fine at stuff like this. We're good at talking. We're happy to introduce ourselves. You know, we do a lot of, you know, stage, camera, video work. So it's not hard for us to put ourselves out there. But there are some people who are a bit more introverted, a little bit shy, who may only speak to the person either side of them because they're not 
as comfortable doing it. So I sort of tried to make an event and a mastermind where everyone has to speak to everyone. And you're going to make friends more with some people than others. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But one of the things I will say is that when you go to these events, it's often, you know, especially if you're going to like one, which is like a a multi-speaker one or someone's talking from stage, obviously take your notes. Okay. And here's, I'm going to give you a little tip on that as well, which my mentor taught me. Okay. But the, the friendships and the connections you make are, like Jay said, in the break rooms, when you're having a coffee, who you hang out with at lunchtime, at the bar, at the end of the day. Like literally my very first business, which online, every connection I made was over drinks after the event. And there's a few of us, there's about seven or eight of us. I was the least successful out of them, but I was literally, I seemed to have met the most successful people in the room and we were just naughty. We like literally turned up in the morning of the second day and we're like, should we just go get drunk? And that's all we did all day long. These people became lifelong friends. We did business together and so on and so forth. But if you do go to these events, right? So if you are the sort of person that wants to go along, little tip. And this is something um, I did on the journey home. But if I go to an event now, and this was taught to me by my mentor, so it's literally factoring time straight after to take action on what you learn because we all go along and this is the same for those of you who study you know learn online yeah so if you go to a webinar if you go to a live training if you go to a mastermind if you go to an event block out some time either at the straight afterwards unless there's a social event or at the very least the next day where you're going to start actioning what it is you learned so after i went to one of these the mastermind the other week um, I'd had a breakthrough on a couple of areas that I just thought, yeah, fuck it. I need to do that. I messaged all my team. I reached out to a couple of people. I basically, I, because we had a, a dinner plan, so I couldn't actually do anything then, but I started the ball rolling. I started conversations. I booked meetings in and I made plans to take what I'd learned and the clarity I'd got and turn it into action. And that is a really important thing. So if you are going to, if you're whether it's if it's me or Jay, for example, if you come to one of our trainings or you go to one of our events or you buy a course or you read a book, fucking it doesn't matter. Put time aside to consume the content. Then immediately take what you've learned and give it a try. That's how I got up and running so fast online. So I was doing all this copywriting training and marketing stuff. I'd learn it, I'd apply it. I'd learn it, I'd post it. I'd learn it, I'd reach out to someone and say, hey, I've just learned this thing, do you want me to do it for you? And I just was relentless. Learn, do, learn, do, learn, do. That is a really, really simple tip how to get ahead because I know so many people, they have got God knows how many digital courses saved on their their desktop and on their keychain. They've got products, they've got physical courses, they go to event after event. They've got literally notepad after notepad full of notes and lessons and takeaways and big ideas and ain't done shit with it. I literally, the notepad as of when I'm recording now is, is within arm's reach of where I'm sat at my desk right now, because I've been actioning everything in that notebook since I got back. Obviously I had a few days getting like completely butt fucked in the lungs with Christ knows what city germs I got. But other than that, Even then, when I was ill, I took a few photos of it, sent it to my team and said, make sure I do this when I'm better. I I think uh, another thing that happens when you do that as well is, let's just say you took some notes from a speaker or took some notes from somebody who was uh, teaching something and you took action on it and then you showed them that you took action straight away. I will tell you now, 
if I see that people are doing that, I'm more open to giving them more advice for free because I know that they'll do something with it. There's nothing worse. There's a, there's a thing called a, an ask hole. Have you ever heard of an ask hole? Yes. Very it's much a person so. that asks, yeah, a person that asks questions and doesn't do anything with the answer. And they continue to ask questions. And there's always somebody within a community that's like that. And you're like, you just need to do what I've been saying for the last six months to do. What you've just said is actually what I accidentally did. Now, for me, I mean, it's actually a very good tactic if you want to use it. And if you want to get attention of people in your niche that maybe you'd like to work with or partner with, I, every single person, so this is when my, my sort of copywriting marketing agency career, which was like 10 years ago, okay? Every course I did, I would literally consume voraciously and then apply it. And when I got the results, so, you know, there were good people that I followed. When I got the results, I would always send them an email thanking them for the course. So I've already paid them. I'm thanking for the course. And it'd be a genuine, wasn't a testimonial. I'd say, I applied this. I've done this. This was the result I got. Thank you very much. And I would take the time to give credit to that person for the lessons they taught me and how I've applied it to my life. I did that over and over again. And again, this was my personal choice. I was in a position where I could take, you know, more of a risk financially. You know, every penny that I earn outside of what I had to pay, you know, to the tax man and for bills and all that kind of stuff, I would re-spend back into my education. I'd do it over and over and over again. And every single time I did it and I got the results, I would always take time to either email the author, the course creator, you know, whoever hosted the webinar, and I built a phenomenal network of people off this because I was just a doer. I was just doing everything. And before I know it, people whose courses I was buying, I was on stages with. A year, year and a half later, because I had literally gone so aggressive into that kind of growth mindset. So that's actually a really good tip Jamie's giving you there. If you do buy something from someone, just please use it. Like we don't create stuff. Obviously, we get paid for the things we do. Um, we like, you know, no, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I will say does dishearten the likes of me and Jay and others is if people buy the thing and then don't use it. So we're like, we're still grateful for your investment and maybe it's not the right time. You know, I've bought courses that I'm like, do you know what? It's a great offer. I'm going to grab it now, but I know I'll do it in the future. But please, if you're going to go along to an event or a mastermind or, you know, listen to this podcast, if you've got something from it, go and do something with it and then tell us. We want to connect with you. We want to hear you getting growth and getting changes and getting the good stuff. It makes us feel good. We want you to fucking win. Yeah, and, and it's all about knowing that you know, everything is against you from doing that. And something I even share in my in my seminars is the 99-1 principle. And it mm. is, if you have 100 people in the room, 90 people, 90% won't do anything. <laughs> they will take the notes and it will remain in their bag. Nine people, so 9% of those 100 will do something. So they'll get a return on turning up. And then one person out of those 100 it will completely change their life. And, and the, the key really is to go from that 90 to nine. You know, mm -hmm. if you are continually in that kind of top 10% of people, you're going to probably be in the top 10% of people. And I mean, earners, successful people, people who achieve their goals. And it's just based on understanding that you learn something and you take action on it. Everyone knows when they learn something new and they go to these places and they do it, they, they get this warm, fuzzy feeling, they feel motivated, and then they go back to the environment and it's only a matter of time 
before they're back to square one again. And that is down to this mentality of going, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Instead of actually going, do you know what? If you are going to go to an event to learn something new and it's a whole day there, Mm -hmm. take two days off. Okay. So if you're having to go, you know, if you've got a workplace and it's something that's important that you want to say, do a side hustle or get better at something and you've got some leave, if you're working, then take two days off one day to do the thing. And then another day to take action on the stuff. And that would be a massive, massive game changer. It's so simple. Like one of my mentors, friends basically had someone who he said he saw him do it for, I think four or five years and he would turn up, um, he would often only see the first morning speakers. So he'd literally see two or three speakers, then he'd vanish. And he was recognizable because he had a cowboy hat. So he'd stick out like he's in America. And then one year, I think maybe say four or five years later, he was on stage. So he'd never connected with anyone. So obviously kind of goes against a little bit of what he said. But what he would do is he'd come along, learn from the experts, and he'd book a hotel room for exactly what you said there, two more days. And he'd have some of his team stay with him as well. And whatever he learned in those first few hours, he would just voraciously apply and he kept coming and doing that year after year to these masterminds and built a multi eight figure business off the back of it because he was relentless learn something apply it learn something apply it it's so powerful and it is it's so simple but it seems almost too simple and i'll say this is like a lot of people this is not my phrase but you t- i see a lot of people do this when they go to events they're jacked up on what i call hopium Okay, so they're all full of hope and joy and excitement. And, you know, another term could be just they're very full of motivation. They're energized. And if it's good speakers, you'll be feeling jazzed up and ready to go. Now, we both know you speak. I mean, you have a fucking brand on it, for God's sake. But we both know that discipline is the thing that's going to get you where you do. Motivation, though, is often the spark. Okay, so I'm not anti-motivational speaking or motivational talk. Sometimes that's that little spark that just gets you going, oh, this is something I can do. But what needs to happen is you need to switch from motivation to discipline because that motivation lasts a day or two tops, okay? And then, like Jay says, real life kicks in, okay? So you've then got to take that motivated you and then start putting in disciplined actions based off of what you've learned that you can keep doing, whether you want to do it or not. I'm going to tell you right now, I wanted to not do fucking anything when I was unwell. I am not one of those, and I fucking hate it when people go, oh, have you got man flu? No, I'm ill. Go fuck yourself, okay? Just as a matter of what my gender is, I am unwell, okay? But I tend not to whinge about it, and I tend to just go, right, I know what I need to do. Eat loads of fucking healthy shit, sleep more, drink loads, and just sweat and be just disappointed with life, okay? Fine with that. But I still had some things I had to do. I have some clients I needed to look after. I needed to take the stuff I learned from the mastermind. I still needed a few things to do. Now, yes, I have a team. So I got some help with that one. But again, you know, very lucky. A lot of what I've done from my mobile phone, I still did what I could. Did I want to do it? No, not in the fucking slightest. Did I, in all honesty, want to record this podcast? Now, I love recording this podcast. No, I wanted to sit in my pants and eat the Hawaiian pizza. Bear in mind, just going to say this, if you don't like pineapple on pizza, that's fine, but I don't give a fuck because I think it's delicious. And I'm going to put some jalapenos on top of it and some spicy cheese, and I was going to eat my spicy, cheesy, 
fucking fruit-covered pizza and watch Series 5 of The Expanse in my pants, and I don't fucking care, okay? But I made a commitment to Mr. Alderton, who is here with me, a year and a half now, that we would never miss a show. So I'm here recording this. And that is discipline, is doing things when you don't want to do them regardless. And that is, you know, the essence of discipline. Something that you said there about the guy going back to the room to, you know, write up his notes. It comes back to something that I shared on this podcast ages ago, and it was the analogy of the uh, the lumberjack that keeps going home at lunchtime, and he cuts down more trees than other lumberjacks. And the lumberjacks are confused because they work harder than him, and they end up one one ends up going up to him and says, "How do you cut down more trees when you go home for lunch?" And he goes, oh, "I'm not going home for lunch. I'm going home to sharpen my axe." And that's essentially what that guy's doing. He's going up to the room, he's writing the notes, and he's sharpening the axe. So, you know, he ends up cutting down more trees than everyone who's sitting downstairs. And, and you know what that means, Jay? And this is my analogy. fault. And this goes to show, due to the fact that I'm slightly lem-sipped, I haven't got my little book with me. So, Jamie, give me 10 seconds while I grab my little book. It's Jamie's quote time. Here we go. It is my quote time. And for those of you who are... Um, massive fans of this podcast you will know for the last kind of five episodes that we've been uh, doing this quote section on the most random book I of just quotes got this book. It's I know the book of quotes every man should know I literally was, I think my mum bought it me god knows how many years ago but Jamie is a quote monster so as always so from page I'm gonna go from page 18 to page 120 give me a number and this is Jamie's quote of the day Okay, I'm staying away from like the 90s because they're just weird. Okay. What I'm thinking, and, and, I could, and I could be wrong with this, but any book that someone picks up, people want to put the best quotes at the beginning because okay. they want people to carry on reading the book. So I'm going to go with 22, 22. please, Mr. Meredith. Okay. <clears throat> oh, here's a good one. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished but he that gathereth by labour shall increase. That's a proverb. Thirteen, eleven. It's, uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, if it's uh, a proverb <laughs> back then, of course, because um, you know, I know, I know a lot of a uh, wealthy, Vain vanity-based fucks. people. Yeah, yeah. But also, I think, I think the the story there is, you know. As of anything, it's, it's about skills at the end of the day. If you focus on building up skills and earn money from those skills, and you're, you're going to be set for life. Because yeah. even if you, even if you, you know, even if you become bankrupt and lose your business, you still acquired those skills. Whereas, for example, if you, how <laughs> do I go with this? Go if, if, you're, if you're making. Well, if you're making lots of money and you're good looking and then you get hit by a bus, then no one will want to hire you for your looks anymore. And no matter how much you try, you can't earn any more money from something that not only is probably fading, but is also gone. I'm just going to say, I read on this one time that there's some very niche sites covering all fetishes, Jay. So I'm sure there will be some sort of fans-based person for something weird. Uh, I, this this reminds me um, of a story, and I, I, it's a great thing to finish on the podcast because it's hilarious. Go on. So every 
every every year I used to run something called the Fitness Business Challenge. And it's a seven-day challenge to help people get kickstarted with their online business. Mm-hmm. And what I normally do, of course, to get people to take action is to create a little subtle hashtag in their in their Instagram so I can follow that they're taking action. So, you know, they're taking action on stuff so their audience doesn't know that they're, you know, doing this challenge, but I know because I can see the hashtag. And of course, a great hashtag to use for fitness business challenge is hashtag FBC. Now, when I go to choose these hashtags and of course follow them, because one of the great things about hashtags on Instagram is that you can follow these hashtags. And of course, I followed this hashtag. And just before I'm about to announce this on the first day of the challenge, I changed it. And the reason I changed it is as I was scrolling through my newsfeed, I started to notice lots of images of people in full body casts. And I was like, this is kind of weird. What's going on here? And I clicked on the hashtag. And the hashtag is a secret hashtag for people who have a fetish for full body casts. So I had to change the hashtag. But you know adds what? to what I'm you say, there is a niche bring, for everything. I'm going to show the only one, and I right, I'm making it crystal fucking clear. This does not work for me. This does not give me a twitch. <laughs> there is no diversion of blood. I am not getting off on this. I heard this genuinely on a podcast, and then I thought, that's surely... Not a th- and I don't even know why I thought, surely that's not a thing. And it's called cake farts. And literally, it is attractive women in their underwear, sat on like birthday cakes, farting. Now, I Great. am never, I've, I'm into some fun things, Jay. You know, nothing too crazy, but we all got a kinky side to one degree or another. But I don't and again i'm if you're into cake farting listener that's cool fill your boots whatever makes you happy makes do you not know go spend a go, go find a mastermind for cake farters go hang around buy some pastries eat a load of lentils the day before fill your fucking boots have a fucking great time it's probably a meetup for it but i always wonder whenever i find some sort of kink like that what happened like, how did that become a thing? I mean, for fucks, I saw a reel because I was just fucking around this morning. I saw a reel this morning about a guy who was genuinely sexually aroused by balloons. Yeah, I saw that. It's just yeah. it's doing its rounds, but yeah. So yeah, um, so there's a niche for all of you out there. Find your people and spend time with them, whether that be entrepreneurs, cake farters, or balloon fuckers. Find your humans. Oh. Or, or people who are into full body casting. So I think that's a that's a very weird and great way to finish this podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's perfect. Meredith. Ladies and gents, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I think it went slightly dark at the end there. <laughs> but the, the real summary with this, ladies and gents, is you know, once again, it's great to do stuff online, but it's even more important and vital that if you want to level up with whatever it is that you want to get better at, is that you go to these places and you sign up, you do these masterminds, you do these events and you turn up. It's the scariest thing to do, especially if you're going by yourself. But I'm telling you now, you will meet some of the best people around you that will get you closer to where it is that you want to go. 
ladies and gents, I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Body and the Beast podcast. And if you did, please, please, please let us know on Instagram. Let us know on Facebook. Let us know wherever it is that you can let us know. And make sure that you also share it with your friends who hopefully uh, will love it too. But, ladies and gents, as always, I have been your body, Jamie Lawton. And I have been your 100% I don't enjoy cake farting, Beast Dan Meredith. Take care.